0: I want to share with you a message I've had sitting there for, for about the last four weeks <laughs> and uh, discovering your assignment. And uh, it'll be quite practical, but uh, I want to share with you something that will help you and challenge you to get thinking and get more focused in your life. If our life isn't focused, we dissipate our energy and resources. You get focused in your finances with a goal and a target, you start to move your finances. But what about your life? And it disturbs me that so many Christians, their, their Christianity is primarily church on Sunday. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is not God's intention. And church has a great play, and meetings have a great part to play in what we're called to do. But God has got something bigger than that. So we just read in the scriptures here. It says, But God, verse 4, God is rich in his mercy and his great love. So wherever we fail, whatever we've done, God is rich, abundantly, extravagantly rich in mercy. A lot of people think God's waiting to get them, but no, God is rich in mercy, and immense love where he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and cut off from God doing our own thing, then he quickened us and made us alive in Christ Jesus and has raised us up to sit or to live and to engage life in the spiritual world. What an amazing thing. Yet the majority of Christians don't understand how to engage in the spiritual world And bring heaven into earth That's what God intends we do He's connected us He put His Spirit inside you So a part of you is 24-7 connected to heaven How about that? Now, of course, we live mostly conscious of everything around us And we're conscious of pressures and problems This week we're conscious how cold it is So you get conscious of all kinds of things, but what if you became conscious that you are connected to the resources of heaven, and that God is willing and able to work through you? I tell you something, that won't come easily, there'll be a contending for it And so, not only do we have an assignment from God, but the devil has an assignment against you It's helpful to realise and we're going to look at this inscription just a moment. I want to make it really simple how you can discover what God called you to do. It's not very hard at all. It has a general aspect and has very specific for you. And I'd love you to set your heart that I will focus my life and begin to discover and work towards fulfilling what God called me to do. So uh, He said, "It made us alive, raised us in heavenly places, in the ages to come, He'd show the exceeding riches of His grace." in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, I won't develop much of that, but here the thing is, we're just in one age, there are ages to come, and the best things that God has are not just now, the best things are reserved for the next ages that are to come We've talked a little bit about that uh, in one of the series before For by grace, here we go, for by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves It's the gift of God, no works, no works, say that, no works No works to get saved. Yet, it's so easy for us to move away from that basic positioning. No works to get saved. His work got me saved. His work dealt with every sin, past, present, future. His work dealt with every failure, past, present, future. His work dealt with every curse. All I have to do is position myself to believe and open my heart to receive what He has done. I don't have to work to get to heaven. I don't have to work to get God to love me, you don't have to do any work to do that, and yet there is a work we do, and so I love these verses, 8 through to 10, firstly it tells us His work, we are accepted and access God totally because of His work, not because of any of our works, however, notice what it says immediately after, it tells us this, so His work, Jesus' work is the work of salvation, our work is the work of advancing His kingdom See, you're not. Jesus didn't just save you to get you to go to heaven, He saved you to fulfill the original purpose, which is to restore the earth, to restore people, to restore our community one soul at a time That's how you do it We can sing great songs about the kingdom coming and the glory coming, all that kind of thing, but you know what? It's really quite simple, He's connected you to His glory so that you can change the community one person at a time doesn't seem such a big task then, does it? So God wants all of us to be at work, one person at a time, changing our community Every life that gets saved, built in Christ, discipled to follow Christ, and added to the church, the community begins to change You get enough of that happening, whole city's changed So it's not waiting for some great big thing If you wait for that, you'll actually miss that actually it's one soul at a time we change the community Quite simple So who is the soul that you're reaching out to change? Okay, so let's have a look what it says here. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ under good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. So salvation is His work. Our work is advancing the kingdom, and it has a general aspect. Every believer is called to reach out and to befriend the lost and to advance the kingdom in whatever sphere of society God's placed us. That's why the Bible tells us, wherever you're called, don't quit your job to do something great for God. Your job is where your place of calling is. Your community we're in is where our place of calling is. So notice this, it says here that we are that the works God's prepared for you were prepared before you began. In other words, God made the assignment, then He made you. So I want to talk about your assignment, and I want to show you very clearly from the Word of God that before we were born, God had an assignment for us. And So my challenge is, and your challenge is this, how do I discover it, how do I prepare for it, and how do I fulfil my assignment, so that when I get to the end of my life, I can look back and say, I have finished my course, I fought my fight, and henceforth has laid up a crown, a reward So the reward is not going to heaven, the reward are rewards in the next ages to come So notice this, he says, we are created for works, so you're created to do something that has spiritual significance and impact Every one of us is created for works, and God prepared them before we even arrived in the earth In other words, God knew when He designed you, why He designed you, and why He brought you in, where He brought you in, and what He would accomplish through your life He knew all about that You see, if I were to take the Bible like this, I can just go like this, and just go whoosh, and open up, and there I am I'm um, now I'm looking at Jeroboam being sick. So they've just opened up the Bible. So from eternity, you can just open up history at any point and step straight into it. So just from here, we just we're on a timeline, you know. So God has designed something for us to do. The challenge always is finding out what our assignment is. Firstly, I want to just show you, just quickly from scripture, how God has designed us for assignments. Firstly, we'll just look at one Kings chapter thirteen. One Kings chapter thirteen. I won't look up the verses, I'll just give you one or two examples and quote a couple more. In 1 Kings chapter 13 and verse 1 and 2, the man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And then he cried out by the word of the Lord and said, altar, altar, it's interesting, they spoke the things, things solid things, thus is the Lord God. A child, Josiah, by name, shall be born in the house of David And on you he'll sacrifice the priests of the high places Who burn incense on you And men's bones shall be burned on you Now he's talking to an altar And he's decreeing something Now notice what he's saying He's saying Now he's talking 300 years ahead of his time He's saying, by the word of God That in 300 years' time There will be a man born, his name will be Josiah, he will arise and he'll become a great king and he will take this altar here where people have been sacrificing to false gods and he's going to burn the bones of the prophets on it You notice now, 300 years before Josiah turns up, there's an assignment prepared for him to do Then when you read the story of Josiah, he comes on the scene, this is exactly what he does In other words, from God's point of view, he had the assignment before he had the man he made the garden then put the man in the garden with a job to do now this goes on right through the uh, through the bible just look at one more in jeremiah chapter 1 and you'll see it there jeremiah chapter 1 because the tendency is for us to kind of think that it's all sort of a bit hit and miss but actually we want to focus our lives so we become clear of our assignment and then pursue it passionately in verse 5 before i knew you in the wo- before i formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. So here's Jeremiah, and God's saying, Before you were even shaped, in other words, before you even come an embryo inside the womb, I already had set you apart to be a prophet to nations. So before we saw Josiah, 300 years. Now before his birth, already he's already got a prescription from God what he's called to do. Now, you can go through many, many men in the Bible, it's exactly the same For example, John the Baptist They prophesied over John the Baptist that the spirit of Elijah would be on him He would go and prepare a way for the Lord before he's born, while he's still in the womb What about Samson? Samson, his parents got a word that this man would rise up and become a great deliverer He would deliver the na- begin to deliver the nation of Israel So person after person through the Bible, the same thread runs through that before the person entered the world, there was an assignment from God prepared Now, of course, when you start to think about that, you think, well, that's different. You know, that's John the Baptist, you know, and that's all these famous people in the Bible, but that wouldn't be me. But we've just read that He has created you for good works, which He prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. To walk means you would arrange your life to fulfill what God called you to do. Now, this is not then about just dying and go to heaven, this is about aligning our life with God's kingdom purposes Okay, now there's many things in many ways So the question then is, how on earth do I find out what God called me to do? How many are puzzled by that one? Well, if you're honest, you will be puzzled by it How many can say straight away, I know exactly what God's called me to do, and I've actually got some goals set out, and I'm working on it now? See what I mean? You see, we have this fuzzy sort of thing, I'll just sort of mosey along and have a bit of a prayer time, and that we're not thinking clear We need to actually be focused in our life Have a look at this in Psalm 139, and then I'll just give you some practical ways We're trying to make it find a way to get it really easy and clear There's something that'll work, something you could actually take your next step So let's have a look in Psalm 139 Now David is writing, and this is what he says He said, Your eyes, verse 16, saw my substance being yet unformed So he's saying again, this is David writing, he's saying Before I was even formed in the womb, you saw exactly what my DNA, my makeup, how I would come forth You see how scriptures like this really speak of the sanctity of life in the womb very strongly So notice what he says here, now he says this And he says, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them Now let me just give you a couple of other versions Here's Here's what the NIV says All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before even one of them came into being How about the Living Bible? This is really good You saw me before I was born, you scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe And every day was recorded in your book Now when you start to look at it like that, we can just sort of say it something like this That before you were even formed in your mother's womb, before any of us ever came into this world. God had a book, and He listed every day of our life He knows exactly when it'll finish And He has a plan for every day of our life Now that's quite extraordinary, isn't it? The problem is, how can I find His plan? It seems so elusive at times So let's just give me some simple things of how you could discover your assignment Now the first thing to realise is that it must be possible for me to discover what God wants me to do It must be possible And not only that, it must be simple So I just need to know how that would take place For example, if you have a look at the life of Jesus, at the age of 12, he turned up in the temple and he said, I must be about my father's business So at 12 years old, it's possible for you to know your assignment for life How about that? Uh, Later on, he was able to articulate, and he said, this is my assignment, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted to proclaim deliverance to the captives, setting a vision, restoring vision to the blind, setting a liberty those oppressed, proclaim the acceptability of the law In other words, he's saying, I know exactly what I'm called to do, and I know how long I've got to do it It's quite specific And at the end of his ministry, he was, able to, he was totally committed to it He said, my meat, or what I live on, is actually discovering what my Father wants me to do, and finishing His work and Finally, when he got the end of his life, in John seventeen four, he says, I finished all the work you assigned me to do So in Jesus', Jesus model for us, that it's possible from when you're young, to be aware of the call and the work of God on your life, that it's possible for you to identify and articulate, this is what I am called to do with my life That we need to make commitments for that to happen, or it doesn't just happen And At the end of your life, you can get to the end of your life and say, actually all that God wanted me to do, I've done it Now that's a great thing, isn't it? He's the model, He's the example, not someone else down the road, Jesus is the example So that raises then, how can we discover what God assigned us to do? I've given a lot of thought about that in the last few months How can you discover what God has assigned you to do? And I've kind of really got it down under three headings If you were God, and you had the problem Well you've made someone, so as we've got someone here like Richard, we've made Richard There we go We've got a big plan, so we work out exactly how he will be, and where he'll be born We've got the whole plan where he'll be born Now we've got a job for him to do, or an assignment for his life How am I going to get the assignment to him? I have discovered there's probably three ways that happens Number one, number one, you've got to connect with God, and let him talk to you Because you'll never discover all the things God has planned for your life Unless you're in a place of listening, then we'll come back to that in a moment. Second thing is, God wires it into the DNA of the person. And so you have to actually get personal insight to who you are before you can actually discover your assignment. And the third thing is, you must actually purpose to discover it. Because I found that nothing of a spiritual nature just comes easily. You actually have to pursue them. And the Bible says to seek the kingdom of God first, place it as priority to discover what God has for your life and then accomplish it Now we're we'll trying to get it down to some very simple things So number one is revelation, so simply we need the Holy Ghost to talk to us Let's have a look at a verse on that and John 16 verse 13 This is why the Holy Ghost is so important I love the Holy Ghost I'm just going to break out and we'll prophesy for some people shortly But look, John 16 verse 13 Now when He comes, the Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth, so this is the job description of the Holy Ghost, it is to guide you into all truth, and notice what it says, He's not going to say things out of His own mind, He says, He will say the things that He has heard, who's He hearing them from? He's hearing them from the Father The things the Father's prepared for your life, He shares with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is placed inside you, so He can lead you into the truth about what you're called to do, and notice this, and show you things to come Well I don't know, maybe you're thinking global events there, and what's the finance market going to do? Maybe we just reduce it to something simple like, He can show you what things lie ahead for you in your life, in a way that you could actually start to walk into them That has to be at least one of the things He's called to do So I need to cultivate a lifestyle of listening to the Holy Spirit who speaks through the Word of God, speaks personally in your heart What is your relationship with the Holy Spirit like? I'm finding recently He's saying more and more to just relax and lean on Him and to make Him freshly, uh, just make a fresh uh, uh, commitment to trust Him more, to lean on Him more, just to flow with Him more, not try and worry about getting everything worked out Holy Ghost is wonderful, I was going to pray for some people soon but I'll get stuck and get away on the Holy Ghost of the month. notice this, this is, see this is a major work of the Holy Ghost, He's put inside you to help you find your assignment, how, how good does that get? People are worried about seeing angels and things, I am not worry about seeing angels because Almighty God is inside my spirit, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside me, it's not a different Holy Ghost you've got you know, you've got to learn How to arise with the power of the Spirit in your life It's not so hard, we teach it over and over and over We're going to go for it again, because I find people forget They just forget, plum forget But I tell you what, you can be energised by the Holy Ghost In Philippians chapter 2 it says, it is God or the Holy Ghost who energises you Who works in you, to will and to do of the things that please the Father So there it is, your assignment The Holy Ghost knows what your assignment is He knows what He's wanting to do today He knows what He wants to do in you tomorrow Get connected to the Holy Ghost You get fired up and energized Get that gift of tongues praying Until you break all that heaviness off you Start to renew your soul So you're getting revelation from the Spirit The Spirit of man, the Bible says, is the lamp of the Lord So if you want revelation Your spirit has to be able to flow Through a soul that's clear of depression and heaviness and condemnation and guilt That's why we need to be free in our soul Free in us Love the Holy Ghost I love him it's amazing And then you get praying in tongues every day I guarantee your life will change First three days Stretch a bit after that All kinds of problems will come It will I can assure you Absolutely sure You commit every day I'll get up and I'll start to pray in tongues Then I'll start to tenderly worship God And I will begin to stir my spirit man Let the word of God begin to meditate on myself. You'll have some problems I can tell you now Now what are the problems? Oh I understand They're the opposition to my assignment So how many rolled over and gave up? To come up on an altar call and get prayer <laughs> Okay, so the Holy Ghost First one, revelation Revelation, Holy Ghost energized Second thing is, I believe is personal insight I believe you're going to fulfill the assignment God's given to you You need personal insight You need insight to who you are And how God's wired you And I'll give you some practical things to, to How to discover that They're quite simple, but sometimes we overlook You know, the Bible tells us that we have gifts that differ So you are different Tell someone, else, you're different, you're really different Have a look around here and see if (laughs) you, you're really different. Whoa. Because the problem is, we want to make them all the same. God says, no. You know what he says? When I made you, I said I'll never do that again. (laughs) There's only got to be one of you. You are unique. Broke the mold, the next one comes out as different. Everyone is different Difference is good Get into church culture Everyone wants to make it the same Difference is good Difference is God So he's creative Look around the number of plants, trees, animals The variety of it Difference is great And you can be totally different Why not? You got here. colour it I saw something the other day I had some lovely purple hair I thought it was magnificent It was great I saw a pastor over in Taiwan Who's got purple hair too I thought well that looks great too But I couldn't get away with that, not at my age But it looked good on him So let me just give you some simple things If you were, This is so easy to find this Number one, what is it you really love doing? What do you really love doing? Everyone knows, don't be religious What do you love doing? That is a clue and a key to finding out what God's put inside, because when you do what you love, you just love doing it, and you're very happy, and you just keep doing it because you're so happy doing it, because you like doing it. This is one of the things about doing what you love to do. You love to do it, so it's fun, so get some other people and gather them in, and do the thing that you love to do with them, and then share with them about the law when the chance opens up. Second thing is, what do you hate? What is it really gets you wound up? You hate it. You know, because some people can't say what they love, but they do know what they hate. I hate that. Well, maybe you're called to fix it. <laughs> Come on, maybe you call to fix it. People complain. Somebody ought to do something about it. You saw it. You do something. God's obviously put the concern in your heart. It's as simple as that. Sometimes we overlook the most obvious. What is it grieves you? What is it causes your heart to feel touched and sad, that's a clue too I was with someone, and they shared the story of where they were from, and I actually felt deep compassion, and I knew that I should try to help that person, because that's what I'm called to do I knew it because of what I felt inside you know, Sometimes things get us angry, now there's lots of reasons you get angry You get angry because someone cuts you off coming in We're not talking about that, but sometimes you hear of things, and it really triggers off inside you You know, Jesus looked around in Mark uh, chapter 3 he looked around at the hardness of these religious people in the church and he was extremely angry being grieved so you notice he was angry and he was grieved and he did something about it anger can cause energy to arise to face and challenge things and not all anger is good but some anger god gets angry jesus gets angry we forget. He gets angry. He walked in that temple and they were all cheating everyone and making money off everyone. He got angry. I mean, there's no gentle Jesus. He just stood there and thought about it while the anger is rising up inside him and he's, pl- he's pledging these, these lovely whips. And then he ran through the place and turned over the tables and whipped everyone and drove them all out. Now, that is something really big. That's a big thing This is the same Jesus we were worshipping. Oh. Come on. You've got to realize. God does not want the church feminized He wants the church to be both male and female In other words, to have a strength about it that comes about by engaging a cause and a purpose And Jesus knew, He said, I'm about my father's business What angered him was, it was his assignment to clean up the house of God That's why he got angry, and he was grieved Because of the religious hardness and lack of love for people, lack of compassion for people. See? So that's what—that's another clue. And here's another way: find out what you're good at. Just have a look and try a few things. Just try some things and see what you're really are good at. Because if you get good fruit in something, probably that's something to do with the assignment God has for your life. And then the last one is: you could ask someone else. Not everyone, because a lot of people have agendas. But you could ask a trusted person what they see in you. What do others recognize? in if you've been. In a community or connected in relationships, after a little while, people see what you're quite good at and they say, "Well, you'd be great at that." I never thought of being a pastor, but someone a pastor spoke to me and said, "Man, you'd be great as a pastor." I couldn't see it. I still struggle sometimes, but however, that's neither here nor there. I've come to recognize it's what God called me to do. Just embrace it and get over yourself. You know, so <laughs> it really is. So, so what do you have? It's that's not so hard. If you were to think, see, we try to make it so spiritual, but if you were to think. What does I really love doing? Can I just begin to give myself to that, include others, and bring others into the world of what I love, and start to impact them for Christ? That could be your assignment I was just quite thrilled recently, you know Beryl, Beryl loves to be kind and hospitable And recently she did an amazing thing, she gave up a half a day's pay and wages and whatever So she could set up a program to teach people how to cook, and she loves to cook, and so She's just got two places, the first was just one here, she does a class here, and, uh, and she just loved to cook, and help people to cook, and now she's found another place she can do it and be evangelistic, now that's just actually taking what you love, and then bringing others into your world where you love doing this, and then letting God touch them We've got others in the church, and they're never up on the platform, on every vocal, any kind of way, but they are phenomenal in what they do, phenomenal They just do what they love doing, So I love doing it just, I love it If And she's the thing that God's called you to do It's a matter of then being able to focus it So here's, here's another couple of things The last one I believe is this You actually have to, uh, you have to actively pursue what God wants you to do I don't think it just falls on our plate I think it requires an active pursuit By active pursuit, I believe that the devil is assigned to try and stop you Going into what God has for you to accomplish with your life now, I was just talking with Richard this morning And, and God's put in his heart a whole number of giftings around the area of marriage and counselling I had a huge amount of experience in Richard Niley, and uh, he wants to write a book, and so he's got a book, but he was talking today about all the difficulties he's had just facing the publishing of the book, but that's, he has an assignment, and so there are battles with your assignment So don't think that's strange, don't think it's strange that the thing that God called you to do, that you'd face conflict in it, it's absolutely normal Because you are called uniquely to advance the kingdom, and there will always be opposition to that from the spirit world and in people, and God can use it to grow you and build the man and woman of God He wants to build So here's some other simple practical things I think we have to do in the pursuit of our assignment Here's a few things Number one, look for opportunities to help people Look for opportunities to serve and help people I think we should be proactive in helping people, because your assignment is always to someone It's always to help someone Jesus came, and His assignment was to help the whole world, and His assignment He left to the church, (laughs) carry on the mission So every assignment that God has, no matter what form it takes, will be in service to people So whether you're behind, or in an office, or whether you're out of scene, or whatever There'll always be people you're serving, that's a part of it So look for the opportunities, Galatians 6.10 tells us, as we have opportunity, do good to all men and especially those who are believers So look for opportunities, make it a lifestyle of looking for opportunities to help people and be a blessing to people And uh, That's one way of discovering your assignment, because you start to find your way into it quite quickly The second thing is, I believe we need to invest in personal growth and development I think if you're going to fulfil your assignment, you you have to make a decision to invest in yourself Now no one is going to do that for you, so for example, if you've got a musical gifting you can have all the gifting you like, but if you don't invest in the training, you'll never fulfil your assignment You'll never become great, unless you get some training So I look around A lot of young people, when they start to walk with God, they get this kind of thing of God will take them here and take them there Listen, discover what is inside you that could be a gift to the world, and then develop the gift Invest in your development Get some training, get some education, get some skills Whatever you do, develop yourself and so that's spiritual development, growing in your personal life, and also it's practical and natural development in just your skills and abilities and uh, various other things, rather right? even managing finance. Not so hard, is it? These are quite so. Invest in yourself. So here's a question then: uh, Who is it that you've been doing good to? What opportunities have come up recently? Uh, second question you could think of would be: What am I doing to invest in myself and to grow my gifts and grow my ability? What am I doing? Am I doing anything? Well then if you're not, you're just stagnating Uh, The third thing is, develop excellence in serving Develop excellence in serving Why do I say that? Because excellence in serving, that means very simply, do the little things well and on time Do the little things well and on time Do it with a great heart Why? Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, not unto men, knowing, here's why you do it that way, knowing that from the Lord we shall receive the reward of inheritance so serving with excellence is a key part of gaining favour with men that gives God room to promote you Think about that So if I don't find people serving, or they serve, their serving is, is uh, trivial, or poor, or they're not committed to growth, I know they can't become great Greatness in the Kingdom is about serving It's just about meeting needs of people, and doing it really well, and doing it with a great heart, doing it with a great attitude, and continually improving your serve It's quite simple and you know, in a church like this, there's heaps of ways that you can serve, just serve the family of God, you know? Uh, every time we have a Sunday service, there's people up there do lights, there's people outside the car park, and uh, they a great job, they're out in the car park there, and they're the first people that people meet. And there's people count money, there's people who do all kinds of things. There's about 70 people involved on a Sunday morning, let alone acts of service anywhere else. I know there are so many people who are doing things behind the scenes all the week. So these are great ways of going. Here's the third thing. The fourth thing rather, so set some practical goals, make a plan If you're going to grow and achieve something with your life, make a plan Maybe it's just a plan about your your work, maybe it's a plan about your spiritual growth A plan about your marriage, a plan about your family, but just make a plan Put some things down that you commit yourself to do That's quite simple, because the moment you do that, you're now articulating what I'm doing, and now this is where I'm going Most people who succeed in life have a plan They have something that maintains their focus in life you say, how's that going to get my assignment? Because these are the things everyone has to do to accomplish something great with their life. And it's on the journey that God guides you. He doesn't give it to you all. It's a scroll. It unravels as you go. I wish it was a book. You could just sort of go and have a peek in it. Oh, where am I up to? 66. What's up now? No, it doesn't work like that. It's a scroll. So it just unravels as you, as you walk into it. Uh, here's, here's another thing. Build relationships with people that can mentor you or speak into your life. This is one of the things that stops many people becoming great, is they actually don't let anyone speak into their life, or don't build connections intentionally with people that can help them grow If you have an assignment, it requires you grow, and you need people to help you So who have you got speaking into your life? Welcome people speaking into your life to help you grow Find a place where you can serve Here's another couple, and uh, I'll finish with these And uh, here's, here's another one here Take risks i come to the conclusion, you're just going to have to take more risks You actually have to step out and try stuff Now here's the problem, I look around, I see many grey hairs, and of course as you get older, you don't take risks, you want a smooth life But actually, that's the worst thing you could possibly do, is to in the last season of your life, slow down and stop taking risks, petering out, rather than going out with a bang of glory See Bill there, and there he's still going off to China and smuggling Bibles across the. Oh, he's amazing. Bill the smuggler. He used, to be, he used to be conservative Bill, but it turns out there's a bit of Wild Bill inside there, see? Yeah, exactly. Wild Bill. He's got that name here, Wild Bill, because he does things other people wouldn't do. And there's risk, but in doing so, he's discovered his assignment. So you have to take risks. There's no, and, a, and a good example of that is Peter. Who stepped out of the boat on a word from the Lord and began to do something no man apart from Jesus ever done before, walk on water. Now you can focus on him sinking, but don't focus on him sinking. He walked on water twice. Once when he started out, then after we got the dunking, up again, and he walked again. So he walked by faith, and it took him risk. Everyone else played it safe in the boat. Now, how do you to think about this? Intentionally plan things that stretch you out so you're not comfortable, and you have to lean on God It's in those things that you find your boundaries increase, and you begin to start to find God moving, and making clear what He wants you to do We'll never know all that God has for us if we don't try some things out, and try some different things out Now think about it. that's not so hard all of that, was it? It was one, God wants to speak to you, so get full of the Holy Ghost huh? two. Gain personal insight. In other words, reflect on what you love, what you hate, what grieves you, what makes you angry, what stirs you up, what you're good at, and begin to start to put yourself out. Now, there are many roles in the church people can function in. You'll never know what you can do till you give it a go. I never knew. I ended up doing. Th- I've done things I've never thought I'd ever do. Well, how did I end up here? I said to myself when I was a teenager, I'll never do that. And yet there I am, end up doing that because I, at some point I stepped out and did things I'd never done before. You, that's part of it Then finally, make it a pursuit that you'll discover what God wants you to do It unravels through your life, and try to articulate This is what I feel in my heart I'm called to do You know, stand and look in the mirror and say, I believe God's calling me to do this I will arise and fulfil this, and trust God to lead me as I do it Now some of you already are well on the way, you're well journeying down your assignment, but the others. I believe it's a time to activate those things and come alive in them. I just see assignments inside people just waiting to burst out. And you don't, here's the thing if you wait for someone else to bring it out, it'll never happen. You've got to own this thing yourself because it's your assignment. It's what God designed you to do and no one else. Why is there no one else? Simply this because of the unique DNA you have, the giftings and mix you have the experiences you have, where you've come from, what your experiences with God are, and where you are uniquely placed, you meet people that I'll never meet, and God put you there for a reason It's our role to change the community, one person at a time So why don't we all begin to decide we're going to take up our assignment Let's just close our eyes for a moment Father in heaven, we just thank you for the work you're doing in our midst by your spirit I want to just what well, our eyes are closed and heads about. Is there any person here who never made the first step, and that is to receive Jesus as a savior, to become a Christian? If you haven't received Jesus yet, I'd love to pray a simple prayer with you. Had a couple of people last week decide to receive Jesus. Anyone here today that's right at that place, you're not a Christian yet. A Christian is a follower of Christ, someone who's given their life to him, trusted him to save them, and started to intentionally walk with him. If you're wanting to become a Christian, why don't you raise your hand, just let me know right now? Just let me know right now, just while our eyes are closed and heads about, is there any person here today right at that place of decision? I'd love not to miss that opportunity today to lead you to Christ. Is there anyone here? Just raise your hand. I wonder how many people today that God has really challenged you about your assignment, about actually beginning to embrace, to understand that God does want you to advance His kingdom in a way that's quite unique to you. That you have an assignment from God which unravels over the course of time. And you are actively pursuing that right now. You've identified where your strengths are and what you love to do. and You're starting to look for the ways that you could grow into that role somewhere or somehow. Some of you, God's given ideas and dreams. Well, you know, until you put it down and start to do something about it, it'll never become reality. We've got to step up and and take hold of our assignment. I wonder how many people God spoke to you this morning about that. Just raise your hand right now. God bless, God bless. There's many people. Why don't you just why don't we just do this as friends, why don't you just come and just come to the front, just lift your hands and uh, just begin to build an altar to the Lord, say, God, I do not want to drift any longer. I want to become focused with my life. I've got keys today to help me with that assignment. The first one, I'm going to start to build strong praying in tongues. Secondly, I'm going to start to identify what's in my life. I'm going to begin to uh, seek the help of others if I need to. 3 I'm going to actively pursue I've actually got the keys now what to do if that's you why don't you make your way to the front right now just please come please come please come please come please come